so much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. Visuals impact the way we see ourselves and the world around us. When inclusiveness and diversity are considered in imagery, authentic representation is created that can change perceptions, shift mindsets, and help create lasting connections between brands and consumers. This interactive workshop, presented by Getty Images at Advertising Week Europe 2022, will give you the tools you need to affect change in your visual communications to be inclusive and representative of the world around you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here today, uh, Advertise, uh, Adweek Europe, especially for facts in person, human beings, it makes a real change. A um, couple of things for us. Um, first things to say is that we're going to be some, there's going to be some polls in the session. So if you would like to take part in the poll, and we'd really love you to do that because we'd love your thoughts and opinions, is scan the QR code uh, because it's an important aspect of that. Um, my name's Peter Bates. I'm head of brand and marketing for Europe, Middle East and Africa for the Global Bank City. Uh, I just want to say thank you for those who are attending both in the room and on the stream because I think you'll all agree this is an important subject for us to discuss. Um, the goal of today is to just to introduce you to uh, the, the work that we've been doing with, with Getty. Uh, we've been working on a diversity, equality and inclusion imagery toolkit. And I think basically for us, the idea is that this gives you the opportunity to have a, an understanding of the work we've been doing. Um, the aim was to take a deep dive into the world of imagery and to understand how uh, the subject of diversity changes dependent upon the markets. It was a multi-market project that we, we ran across most of the major markets within our business. Um, and it explores a lot of the nuances when it comes to DE&I. And for us, it was about us understanding how we can embed the knowledge that we got from this into the work that we do and into the creative projects that we run. But also, and equally as important, it was about how do we take what we've learned and share it with the industry. And really, this is what this is part of, of what this is about and these sessions that we're running. Why do we choose to work with Getty? Well, it's obvious because Getty are the market-leading image, image library, uh, both for stock and also for custom imagery. And they, chose, they seem to be obviously the most appropriate partner. I'm delighted to be joined on the stage by uh, Dr. Rebecca Swift from Getty. And uh, she's going to be taking you through a bit of the presentation, which is really a sort of a snapshot of, of the work that we're doing. Um, and it, the idea is this just equips you with sort of tangible ways of working and tangible ways of understanding um, how when it comes to image selection, you can ask the right questions. Um, okay. How did it come about? Well, for us, um, we're a global team. And what we were seeing as we were assessing work that was coming in from around the regions was that some of the work um, the way we express diversity changed. And we need to better understand that so we could evaluate work at a global level. Um, 
we saw a universal opportunity to better understand this. So we partnered with Getty and also with the global research firm Kantar to have a, do a really deep dive. And that deep dive covered things like population demographics, it covered trends in imagery, it covered areas of diversity that are often missed within imagery, and also the subjects of stereotypes and cliché. Um, since we developed the toolkits, we've been doing internal um, programs where we're sharing the data, sharing with our colleagues, and for us, the next step is to share that with everybody else. And we've been running sessions um, externally from the organisation. I think we launched the US one at Adweek uh, US. Uh, and after that, listed on the, the presentation there is all of the other markets. So far we've got the US, UK and Mexico, but there's going to be additional eight markets that we're going to produce the work and that's going to be done this year. Um, what I would say is on here is a QR, another QR code and a link, um, freely available for everyone to download and access. So I'd encourage you to click on the, or click on, you know, get the link or take a picture of the QR code and access them and as they become available, they'll appear on that site. Okay, so before we, work, we jump into the actual um, workshop, just a final word on the, the, on the, talk, on the toolkit itself. You know, the, the toolkit doesn't have all the answers. What it does do is it helps us all to ask the right questions, and I think that's an important definition to say. Um, you know, we think it's a, a kind of roadmap for us that helps us to make sure that we're presenting imagery that's more authentic um, and a better depiction of people in advertising, marketing, and communications. Um, at this point, I'm going to hand over to Rebecca. Thank you, thank you. Let's go to the next slide. So one of the issues with talking about diversity, equity, inclusion when it comes to imagery is where the, where the hell to start. And we've been having these conversations internally for uh, a number of years now. We're very, very aware that the customers we're working with are trying to solve these problems in their own brand. Uh, marketing and the really cool thing about this kit, as Peter said, is that City are you know that they could have kept this all to themselves, all of this research and all of this work, but actually they've made it open source, so anybody can use it. And the idea is is to start unpicking this issue. And you know it's very obvious. You know we're standing here as two middle-aged. I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. Yeah. Two middle-aged white people, and and, and these DE&I stories tend to be the responsibility, or they end up being the responsibility of people who have traditionally been underrepresented. And what we're trying to do is change that conversation and actually make it everybody's responsibility. So we've made it. I'd like to think simpler than, um, you know, than just talking about diversity as this massive amorphous um, thing. And we've broken it down into seven identities in some countries, but in the UK we've included the eighth, which is socioeconomic status, um, because it's really important to think about how we are representing different uh, classes in, uh, in our advertising and our marketing imagery. So this is, this is just a, a, an insight into what the thing actually looks like. Um, and we've done this, as I say, for each of the eight identities. 
Uh, this, is a, this example here is age, and what we have done is we've looked at the demographic and psychographic landscape of each market. So this is obviously the, the UK population um, on, uh, up the top there. Um, we've then compared it to the visuals that are, that are seen in that country. Now the great thing about being Getty Images is that we have an insight into millions and millions of image usage in the UK. So what we've done is we've mapped our data over the demographic data that's available for this country um, and and by doing that we can then look at where the gaps are what is who's being underrepresented who's been stereotyped um, and um, who's been forgotten about completely and then we've created uh, a list of areas of opportunity so you know as a brand if you're thinking about building equity around a certain identity group um, this is a shortcut to um, to, to where you might um, uh, put your uh, resources, uh, and, you know, when you're creating visuals. And then at the end of each section, we've actually got these questions that you can ask yourself, and I'll share some of those as we go through. So we're going to look at race and, race and ethnicity, disability and gender here today, and, we, and it's going to be a bit of a whistle-stop tour because we've only got half an hour. Um, but the idea is that we will show you some of the insights that we have um, uh, developed out of the research that we've been doing. Uh, we will highlight the questions that we ask ourselves and that we encourage our um, customers to ask. Um, and then finally, uh, we're going to look at some images. And the good thing about these images is there's no right or wrong answer. This is not going to be an a, a exercise in shaming people for choosing the wrong image. I, it's going to highlight some of the issues around choosing the right image or, or, or making informed choices about images. So, we move on to race and ethnicity. We've called it race, race and ethnicity because some countries do define race and ethnicity separately. In the UK, we only talk about ethnic groups. Um, and this is a, a, a quick snapshot of what the UK looks like. The white people dominate the UK. It's the largest ethnic group. Um, and, but the second largest ethnic group, and I, and I want you to hold this in your mind, collectively are South Asians, in, uh, Indian, Bangladeshi, and Pakistani. Um, now, we're all waiting with bated breath, well some of us are, for the 2021 census data to be published and maybe we'll see a change in, uh, in the demographic mix of, of the UK. But right now, this is what the official statistics say um, we are. Now, weirdly, even though we don't talk about race in the UK specifically, we do talk about mixed race. Um, and that is for, for anyone who comes from um, different ethnic groups and is not um, uh, one specific ethnic group. Uh, so you'll see that peppered throughout, even though it's not necessarily a term that some countries like to use. In terms of what the visual landscape looks like, so what does marketing and advertising look like? Again, you have a uh, white ethnic group is, is dominating the visual landscape. Next up, interestingly, is black ethnic groups. Um, and bear in mind that we did this research off the back of um, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement of uh, summer 2020 and there was a, 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 a almost a kind of redirection for many brands to to over index on um, on black people in their um, in their advertising now 
I would also argue that we should be um, uh, representing people who are not white in our advertising and marketing more than we have in the past and therefore uh, we hope that this number will continue to climb. Um, but interestingly, the, uh, the Asian number is incredibly small. And, and, and again, I refer you back to the Indian, Bangladeshi and Pakistani people. 15% uh, of people from that, those ethnic groups are in the highest socioeconomic group in the UK. Um, but in advertising, we see them less than 2% of the time. So in terms of kind of, you know, thinking about equality and equity, that would be a great place to start. When we see three generation families in advertising, they're overwhelmingly white with only 10%, which are black and mixed race. And when we see mixed race families, they always show black and white parents. Again, so that's very much a very, very narrow view of what mixed race is here in the UK. And then, you know, when we look at the world of work, um, we see groups of people working. They are always multi-ethnic, multi multicultural. And in fact, small business representation, so small, you know, how, how small business is represented in the media is actually the most diverse uh, here in the UK. Um, but when we get to corporate business, we see that 80% of business leaders are white. 10% uh, black and then 10% from the um, South Asian um, uh, ethnic group. And then um, the poor old uh, Indian uh, community, 45% of content of them uh, that we see at all in the UK shows them at work, um, which is not a very broad or very um, aspirational way of, of, of depicting um, our second largest ethnic group in the, in the UK. So these are some of the questions that we ask ourselves when we are um, when we're thinking about race and ethnicity in particular. Are you tokenizing or are you humanizing? And I, and I, you know, I'll go back to the the groups of people working in corporate business. They do tend to be uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic. Are they tokenistic? Are we just putting people together in photo shoots or choosing images which have um, people who, um, who, who represent the diversity of the UK um, population? Or are we humanising um, uh, everybody that we're representing? Are we representing people in a way that breaks or diminishes stereotypes? And this is really important when it comes to um, racial stereotypes and, and um, uh, ethnic stereotypes. I love this image in particular, and I tend to put it in a lot of my presentations, because you so rarely see two men having uh, a moment of, um, of affection and intimacy. Um, it, and also they are men of color, which is, you know, uh, again, you see even less of, of, of that type of imagery. And when we are representing people who are not from the same ethnic group as ourselves, are we favoring skin tones and hairstyles and hair textures? Are we, you know, are, are we looking for people who have a, have a, uh, a skin tone that is closer to our own? Uh, and that's really, really important, especially when it comes to representing the, um, the black population. You know, are we, are we thinking about how they might have been discriminated in the past and are we therefore making sure that we show the, the, the diverse range of, um, of skin colour in, um, in the content that we're creating. So I'm going to move on to um, the first visual exercise. So get your phones ready. We're going to have to look at some images 
Um, and we're going to hopefully get the results up on this on the stage. So when it comes to Indian people, and that's kind of where I've, I've focused um, the uh, th this section on. Um, which of these images do you think is the most successful at inclusively representing Indian people? Like I say, please um, give it a go. There is no right or wrong answer for this. And we'll give you a couple of minutes to, um, to have a go at that. And then hopefully the results will come up on the screen uh, and we can see who, who has voted. Which one, do you all, which one would you choose, Peter? Um, I, you know, I would have probably, I think I probably agree with the audience here. I mean, I think they're, the, especially the two on the right, particularly authentic, I think, in the way they're shot. Uh, and I particularly like the representation. Or this, it's changing. The, which, which one are you talking about? The, yeah. the, the pregnant lady? Yes, exactly. And, uh, and, and the, in the middle. The and the one in the middle. One, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, pregnancy is something that tends to be very white. We see a lot of um, white women uh, in pregnancy in this country. Um, and it's really great to see um, uh, an Indian woman who is, uh, she's in a, 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 a prenatal exercise class. Um, I hope I haven't just, I hope I haven't just <laughs> influenced the results there. They've suddenly gone up to 56%. Um, uh, the one, the, the, the reason I put A in is because, again, you know, senior representation is, is woefully, um, uh, uh, Un, underrepresented, um, inaccurate, uh, inauthentic, and to see a um, South Asian couple um, in that kind of classic senior pose is is quite a rare thing. Um, so that again, although it's a classic kind of advertising shot, I think it's um, it's a good one. Uh, and then the one in the middle, I just love her because she's so funky and cool and she's hugging a guinea pig and it's just really cool that she's not, you know, she's, she's dyed her hair, you know, and she's got tattoos and it's such a rare depiction of, um, of somebody who um, is, is Indian ethnicity. So I think we have a clear winner there, um, the woman who uh, is pregnant. Um, uh, has, has won that particular one at 58.8% and I can quite rightly say that that is a, um, I think that's a good, good choice by you all. So you know what to expect now when we get to the next one. All right, disability. This is a particular bugbear of mine um, because it's really, really important to think about disability as part of inclusive practice. Disability out of all identities uh, seems to be the one that gets most forgotten. And, and as we've been through these um, uh, toolkits with City, it's the one that is least represented in every country that we've looked at. So there's so much work to be done there. And the key thing about disability is that 20%, 21% of the UK population have a disability and it's, it's uh, more, more women than men and more people as they get old, oh dear we've had a little bit of a, uh, had a little bug there, um, as we get older we pick up, we also pick up disabilities. So more people in the older age groups have disabilities in, in the UK. And also 48% of the, of the population have a mobility issue. So that means that 52% of people with disabilities have no mobility issues. And again, bear that in mind as we go on to the next slide. So here, when we look at the visual landscape, you'll see that um, three times as many images show people with physical disabilities, i.e. mobility issues, um, than, uh, than, than non-physical uh, disabilities. The majority of people who are seen living with disabilities tend to be white, again, 
And when it comes to um, uh, who is represented, gosh, we've, I don't know what's happened to this slide. Um, when, it, when, it, when it comes to who is represented, it's very much indexed towards young people. And if you bear in mind what we saw on the previous slide, is much more old people are living with disabilities than young people. And then the poor old kids at school, if a, if a child has a disability, they tend to be the only kid that is represented in a group of non-disabled kids. Um, so we very rarely show images of, um, of kids with disabilities as a community, as, uh, as having you know, friendships, etc. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there as well. And in terms of asking the questions, we've done a lot of work at Getty Images with um, the um, NDLA, which is a, a, an umbrella organisation in the US, and they've been very good at helping us really understand the issues of, of the stereotyping around disability. Um, one of them is focusing on the person's whole identity and not kind of prioritising their disability. Some people... Um, are very proud and, and you know and, and, and will talk about their disability um, uh, you know at the front of their kind of identity but for most people it's a part of who they are and I think that's really key. Uh, this lady here is a, is a teacher um, and she uh, just happens to be a wheelchair user. Next up, are we representing multiple intersections of identity? And when we get into intersectionality, it gets way more complicated. It's like, you know, those eight identities I showed you, there's a kind of matrix that goes across all of them. But I think specifically with disability, as I say, it does tend to be represented as, as white people. You know, are we thinking about disability plus? Are we thinking about, you know, as in this instance, this is a, a, a real uh, mixed race family who um, has a... Um, uh, a daughter who is on the autistic spectrum. Are we showing all experiences that people with disabilities have? So, you know, not just focusing in on uh, the struggle or the, um, uh, you know, superhuman strengths that they might have as, a, as an athlete, as we see in, in Paralympic representation, but actually, you know, the day-to-day. -day. And that was the one thing that we've had, you know, in terms of feedback around this, the imagery that we're creating. Just focusing on the day-to-day. -day. There's a, a couple here at a, um, a street market um, here in London. Um, the, the, the man in the image here is um, visually impaired. And then very importantly, and this is something that we have very much taken on board and, and for anyone who's creating content themselves, is you know, what is the camera angle you're using? Are you at the same level of somebody who might be a little person or might be using a wheelchair? Or are you looking down on them? Um, and, and, you know, and what is the power dynamic that you therefore create when you're um, not thinking about um, camera angles? So on to the next, on to the next one. Okay, disability. Which image is most successful at inclusively representing a person with a disability? Again, no right or wrong answers here. Please um, cast your votes, A, B or C. Peter, which one do you like? I feel like I shouldn't say yet. I feel like we need to give it a chance. Oh yeah, to... give it a chance. So we'll yeah. see what the, what the scores come up with, shall we? Oh, oh, interesting. This is I, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, again. I, find, I actually find the, la the image on the right of the, the 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 mother in the wheelchair appealing. I think partly because of you say the intersectionality of the the ethnicity. 
I think that the idea of um, people of disability as mothers, I yeah. think is fantastic to see. Um, uh, so, I, you know, and you talk about that, the idea of living yeah. with disability. I mean, that's, there's no better example of living with the disability than that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and such a rare image to see. Um, it really stopped me in my tracks, actually, when I saw it. Um, because I hadn't seen anything like that before. So I thought that was a great example of, um, of, of exactly what we're trying to, to get to with, with the images. Um, a is a great example of showing uh, somebody uh, who has a disability who works in an office um, and is um, you know, uh, going about their, again, daily life working in a call centre. Uh, and the second one is um, uh, is a woman with a disability who is a uh, she, she she's in a yoga class um, and she's taking part in uh, in in the class um, with a uh, with a group of um, uh, other uh, students. So again, I think depending on what you're trying to do with dis with, with a representation of disability, you know, if, are you are you trying to encourage? Um, the you know uh, more uh, people with disabilities to apply for a job. Are you uh, you know thinking about the um, you know the life stages of of, of uh, the people of the UK plus you know including those people who have uh, disabilities or are you uh, creating um, you know something that's about actually about mental well-being but she just um, happens to have a uh, physical disability. So um, great and then last but not least is gender. Um, this is a big, big hot topic and something that I've been working on for, for many, many years. You know, I, I think the, the, the conversation around the representation of women in advertising especially is near on 50 years old now uh, and we're still having it and we still haven't solved it. Um, but we also need to think about the representation of all genders uh, and that's where we're starting to get to with this work. So lovely binary uh, pie chart here mainly because the uh, until this year also sorry last year the UK census would only give you the option of male or female um, hopefully that's going to change when uh, as I say when the census I make it sound like I'm very excited about the census <laughs> results. Uh, the census results are being published um, in September this year um, and so you know this is this is what we're dealing with with the with the um, uh, with the de demographic information but when you have a look at the, um, uh, the toolkit, you'll notice that we have included uh, transgender uh, representation in gender because um, when we talk about LGBT+, plus, uh, the transgender gender expression tends to get lumped in with sexual orientation expression. Um, and so we have um, extracted that out, although there is also transgender in, um, in the LGBT uh, sexual orientation um, section sounds very confusing but it, it makes sense um, and when we look at the visual landscape women are represented more than men I think we all knew that um, but the, the the data point that I particularly am focusing in on um, is that the it's pretty proportional for every age group except when it comes to 20 you know 20 to 29 year old women where there's twice as many women represented as men and I'm just going to leave that there for everybody to to consider as to why why that might might be um, 
we see more men still as business leaders, despite all of the work that's been done, despite all of the conversations that we've been having. Um, and women are 30% more likely to be featured with a baby than a man. Again, I think that's, that, that is a step forward, but there's still work to be, um, to be done there. Uh, still non-binary and transgender ex representation and all the other gender representations are negligible. So despite the fact that we don't have the data, we, do, we also don't have the visual data to, um, to match that too. So lots of work to be done there too. So when it comes to gender, and, and again, I feel uh, this feels like such a simple thing, um, you know, are we considering images that help counter gender reinforcing stereotypes? Um, I th I'd like to think that we all do that, but it's quite interesting. Again, you know, there's been some great research as to, you know, how how uh, consumers especially will um, will, will uh, be biased towards certain content when when asked uh, questions around um, job roles um, and, and and go down the kind of very very traditional route. Um, this is the type of work that we're trying to do now to to try and uh, combat that uh, the gender stereotypes. Um, this is one that I'm, uh, I'm kind of looking at right now, is thinking about gender identity that's less seen. Now, we have a, a glorious man here with no hair on his head, he's bald. I don't know if you know this or not, but the UK has the most number of bald men, um, well, 0.001% less than France. France has the most bald men in the world uh, and the UK has, has a, you know, a huge number. 39.23% of men in the, in the UK are bald. Uh, when you look at the images, 1% of uh, advertising marketing features bald men. So um, lots of work to do there. I'd also like a shout out for women with short hair. Never see them, underrepresented. Um, I don't think I'm the only person. Actually, I might be uh, here with short hair. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my own my own campaign on uh, a gender representation. Are we thinking about people of all gender identities and gender um, expression? And are we including you know LGBTQ plus here um, and and uh, you know expand expand expanding out uh, the spectrum of gender representation? When it comes to kids, are we focusing on the stereotypes which is related to their perceived gender? Uh, anyone who has kids will know that you know there's a blue section and there's a pink section in in toy stores and in um, clothing stores, um, and and you know some of it is uh, nature and some of it is nurture. But how are we how are we as marketers? How are we as advertisers changing that and 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 shifting it um, so that it's uh, a little bit more um, uh, represent representative. And then, you know, have we thought about layers of identity? Again, this is intersection, but the intersection as it pertains to gender. 80% of content that features people who are Muslim are images of young women. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot, again, there's a lot to unpack there. So, you know, we need to be representing Muslim men. This is a fabulous image of a Muslim father with his son. Um, don't see this a whole lot um, and um, you know there's, there, again there's a lot of work that we still have to do in this area as well. Last quiz, last quiz now we're going to look at gender. Which image is the most successful at inclusively representing gender? This is your last chance to shine folks. 
What do you reckon, Peter? I think this is a tough one. I think they're great, all of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, I wouldn't... I, dead Heat, for me. Dead Heat, all dead three heat. of them? Yeah. That's a very politically correct yeah, um, I guess. response there. Um, oh, our, our, ladies, our ladies exercising are, are not popular. Um, our uh, gay parents with their uh, son, I think son, um, is doing very well. And our um, younger uh, non-binary um, people are doing well as well. I think this one's a quite a tricky one. Gender is such a big subject to, to unpick. And as I say, it is in, in some ways it is um, intertwined with other um, areas of identity. And, uh, you know, we find, for example, with uh, the representation of, of the LGBT community, which is a whole other um, section in, in, in the toolkit, is that it's very heavily weighted towards um, gay men and gay fathers. Uh, we see lesbian uh, mothers um, less represented, and then we see less, uh, you know, people of colour within that uh, intersection of, of, um, of identity as well. Love the uh, love the image on the right. See, it's um, it's a great example of um, the the kind of Gen Z uh, generation. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about um, talking to this generation and just the style of the image um, very much works. And um, love you know love what they're wearing. Love you know love the hairstyles. Both got short hair. No bias on my part there in terms of choosing that image. Um, and interestingly, um, although uh, A wasn't very popular with you, I think, um, you know, the, there's, again, there's a lot of work still to be done around body shape, especially in gender expression, especially when it comes to women's bodies. And, and, and you know, we do have another section that's on body type in, in the toolkit, but um, I think, you know, choosing, choosing images when you're talking about women, not necessarily talking about exercise and losing weight and being fit and healthy and taking care of yourself, but actually just talking about, you know, women and lifestyles is to think, uh, you know, across some of these um, other identities as well. So that's the reason why I put that image in there. Plus, I, I really, really like it. Um, so, you know, that, that's it in terms of the uh, whistle-stop tour uh, it, along the surface of three identities out of the eight. Um, I'm going to hand you back to Peter who's going to give you a quick snapshot of what everything else looks like um, before we love you and leave you. That's great. Thanks Rebecca. Okay as I mentioned at the beginning coming soon is the additional toolkits and as I mentioned as well if we can not that QR code the next QR code there's, if you can have a look at that or have a look at the link I think that um, so they'll all be available to you throughout this year. So please do take the time to have a look at them, download them. I mean, look, thanks for us. That's that's it. Thank you for attending. Um, yeah, we hope that you find these insights useful uh, and that you're able to use them to to be more inclusive and represent diversity within the images that you use in your work. Just from a city perspective, obviously we've been sitting with this for a little while now and um, what I've certainly experienced and noticed in Tide is that we, we're asking the right questions a lot more when it comes to what we're looking at within imagery. And certainly when it comes to critique of work, you know, we're really thinking about this much more. So we've found it incredibly helpful. Um, I think that's it. I'm not sure, do we have time for questions? Um, yeah, does anyone have any questions they wanted to ask quickly? Yes, hello. Oh, yeah. um, 
Thank you. Uh, with disability, I mean, obviously, a lot of um, disabilities are, are not seen, and and I think a lot of times you just see people reverting to someone in a wheelchair, um, and it's kind of lazy. But it is quite challenging to to, to represent mm. um, disability in different ways. I wondered if you had kind of thoughts on how how um, with imagery you can be a bit more diverse in in the way you show. Sure. Do you want me to take that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so. The key thing, and again, this is part of the learning that we've had over the last three years, is the key thing is to, A, use, use people who actually have that disability. And that seems so incredibly obvious, but it's, it has not been the history of, uh, of, of image creation. Um, and then uh, to, you know, to, to um, speak to, you know, to work with the person as, you, as you're shooting them because there are there are there'll be certain uh body language or there might be um you know the way they hold themselves or there might be um the, you know the way that they interact with other people you know i've, I've learned so much about really small nuances of body language um through uh th through this experience and i think if you're somebody who who has that disability as well you will you will notice it and you will feel seen and I think that's the really important thing is to is to is to understand that it's not it's not a broad brushstroke with somebody in a wheelchair. It's really obvious. The other thing is, you know, people with prosthetics. Uh, you know, you see a lot of people with prosthetics. Um, and actually thinking about neurodiversity and you know uh, intellectual disabilities and uh, you know and, and 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 even physical disabilities that are not seen. Um, it, yeah, I think it's it's been. It's been a long, it's been a long kind of uh, evolution for us, but but now I can actually pick up on those cues as well, and that's what we should be doing. It's hard. We should be doing the hard stuff, um, and to to move everything forward. Any other questions? You've been so comprehensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, there is so much more. There's so much more to tell. There's so much more to share. I feel like uh, I feel like I've I've done you a disservice by only sharing half an hour. Hello. Hi. Um, what's your What are your cues for authentic representation versus greenwashing? When greenwashing? Yeah. Oh, we're bringing sustainability into it, are we? No, but in terms of kind of you know representing disability for the sake of or you know diversity for the sake of it, rather than authentically having it. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a difficult one. I think that's between you and your own moral compass. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't say that I have asked myself these questions through the 20 plus years I've been in this industry, but I certainly ask those questions now. And I think it's just, it's a kind of the evolution of image creation and the evolution of how we talk about our brands to the world is that we need to, we need to bring more of this thinking into uh, into the work we do because the thing is making images is is dead easy it used to be really hard when I first started and you know you had this kind of you were seen as magicians and you were creating all these beautiful images now everybody can do it our kids can do it so you've got to ask you you've got to do something difficult and and that's ask questions about how how you're creating the images how the images are created that you're using as well yeah and I think that you know, what we've found certainly from the point of view of having that demographic information there, you know, it helps. It's just, a, it's just a, a mental reminder of the fact that we've got to at least be considering this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's quite interesting how you can get distracted by some areas of identity uh, and then others, others are, are forgotten. 
and and really at any time it's a brand decision you know which identities are you going to think equitably about which identities are you going to think about kind of you know making sure that you treat treat everybody equally um, and and how are you going to expand the representation of, of people yeah that's great it's a lot of work indeed Rebecca thank you for sharing the stage thank with you, me Peter. I hope that found that Pleasure. useful thank you thank you Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's global events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, Businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.